0: Second half of the People Show coming to you from the Kintech studio on a Wednesday. And it's a dreary Wednesday. Hopefully your uh, fantasy lineups aren't looking dreary either. It's uh, a tough bye week. Six teams on bye week. And plus, uh, imagine you you might be dealing with a host of injuries. Seems like everyone is right now. It's time for the fantasy football update. Brought to you by the Clayton Public House. Pre-game to post-game. Clayton Public House, your home of football. Catch all the action. On 15 screens, two giant projectors, the ClaytonPub.com. Let's connect with our good friend Danny Kelly from the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast with Danny Heifetz and Craig Horlbeck. You can catch it on Spotify. Any questions for them, email them about anything. Ringer Fantasy Football at gmail.com. DK, what's going on? Oh, not too much.
1: Just hanging out. How are you doing?
0: Uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, I imagine you're also under severe rain
1: in Bellingham as well. Oh, yeah, it's ugly out there right now. It feels like fall, like, really, oh, yeah. at this point.
0: yeah. Now we're getting to football weather. This is like, oh, this exactly. is the, the NFL films, the old uh, music comes on. You're like, yes, and, <laughs> in the frozen tundras. So. Yeah, It's a whole vibe. Yeah. It's a whole vibe. Uh, all right, so let's get into uh, people's carnage on their rosters because it's what, yeah. it, six bye weeks this week and injuries are starting to pile up. So people, I imagine, have a lot of uh, – uh, confusion looking at their lineups for right now. Yep. Um, let's go through some of the bad stuff first and injuries that have happened. Kyron Williams uh, going down in the uh, the Rams' backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, now it feels like there's a host of bodies here that could take over. Maybe not as defined as what we've seen in in San Francisco, which we'll touch yep. on in a, in a second. Um, of the guys that are available, because even Ronnie Rivers has gone down. The right. the other backup. Uh, what do you like of the next uh, couple of guys? <laughs>
1: Yeah, this one's tough. I mean, I think all the the 49ers, we'll talk about it too. That's a tough situation to, to kind of parse. And um, the Rams, to me, the most obvious and the most likely situation here is we're probably going to see more of Zach Evans, who is a rookie, uh, running back out of Ole Miss. He's a former big-time recruit guy, a former five-star player. He started at uh, TCU, and then he ended up at Ole Miss. Um, he was a sixth-round pick, so obviously not like super well thought of across the NFL, but there's some excitement there that he could potentially get a bunch of carries and the big thing here and the most important thing to remember is uh sean McVay, generally speaking in the past has really just relied on one guy and one guy only in the backfield it's like we've seen kyron williams come out of nowhere and just be one of the most heavily utilized running backs in the nfl this year and of course he got hurt so maybe there's you know reason that some coaches don't do it this way but um you know zach evans to me is like the most likely option but that being said i don't have strong faith that that's going to be the case because they did go um, sign Royce Freeman to the active roster from the practice squad, and he is a veteran. You know, maybe they just rely on a guy who has a little bit more experience, a little bit more. He's not as exciting or probably not as explosive, but you know, maybe just having that experience out there matters. And then Miles Gaskin, they poached from Minnesota's practice squad. So there's a couple of guys that could get run. I, I would be most excited to see Zach Evans, and I think that's probably the most likely case. But it's more like. Yeah. I have like 51% confidence that that's going to be the case. You know what I mean? And so, um, to me, that's, that's a tough situation, but it does sound like Kyron Williams is going to miss multiple weeks here. And this is something that you have to keep in mind going forward is these ankle injuries can linger longer than you think and really affect a guy. And so, um, Zach Evans certainly is worth grabbing if he's still out there on waivers for you this morning, because I think there's a chance he gets a lot of run in the next couple of weeks. Am I crazy, or did
0: I also see like Daryl Henderson is still part of this backfield as they well signed, at some point?
1: Yeah, they signed he was a free agent. He signed they signed him to their practice squad. So right, there's okay. there's now you know obviously I think Royce Freeman would be the guy who probably play spoiler most likely because he was already on the roster. Mm-hmm. He was already on the team. He's been practicing with the team. He was on the practice squad, um, but. You know, Zach Evans, to me, looks like the favorite. He was the first guy to get carries in this last game when Kyron Williams went out. And Ronnie Rivers, like you mentioned, is out for at least a month now with a PCL injury. So, um, again, it's I don't have a strong confidence about it, but Zach Evans, to me, looks like the most likely option.
0: Let's jump to the other team in that division, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, coming into the year, you know, those concerns like, don't take Chris McCaffrey first, Eli Mitchell might take snaps away. That hasn't materialized at all. He's got 18 attempts on the year. Now Mm -hmm. we get to a scenario where it, it looks like, you know, Chris McCaffrey might be missing Monday night. And you look at the, who's kind of gotten the carries behind him. Jordan Mason's got 21. Eli Mitchell's got an 18. Now, some of that might be garbage time, Jordan Mason getting extra work. But if you're looking at a scenario where Christian McCaffrey's out on Monday night, of course, as well, yeah. uh, who's the guy that you're looking at and saying, like, how does this break out?
1: Uh, this is tough, too. So this is going to take a leap of faith for people out there that are have Christian McCaffrey and need, like, a replacement here because based on what – so first of all, here's what happened in the actual game last week once Christian McCaffrey came out. Jordan Mason was the guy. He had way more carries. I think it was like, from from a snaps point of view, it was like 15 to 7. Jordan Mason out uh, snapped Elijah Mitchell. And so from that point of view, it seems most likely, and Jordan Mason, by the way, has been better and more healthy throughout the whole season. So Mm -hmm. from that point of view, I think Jordan Mason is like gets a slight nod for me. But then if you actually listen to what Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers, said in practice yesterday, it was basically like, yeah, well, Mitchell, he only practiced on Thursday. He hadn't really gotten him up to speed. So that's why he didn't get as many carries. He's been a guy that we've loved in the past. He's been a guy that's rushed for a thousand yards in the past. They they clearly still like this guy. And so I think Shanahan, essentially, if you can read between the lines, was saying Elijah Mitchell would be the next man up. So do do with that what you will. I I really don't know how it's going to play out. And by the way, we don't even know if K- Christian McCaffrey is going to actually miss any time. Yeah. It sounds like he might be closer to playing than than not. And so... Um, you know, if you're desperate, I think having an insurance policy for McCaffrey is obviously a good idea. Um, I think I would slightly ever so slightly lead Mitchell, but to me, again, it's like 51 49. I think Jordan Mason's probably going to play too. And he's been more impressive, quite frankly. And I, you know, I was tweeting out kind of what Kyle Shanahan said earlier yesterday, and I had multiple 49ers fans, um, come into my mentions and be like, look, I, you know, I watched every snap of the team this year and Jordan Mason's just better. And so Um, You know, you can never really guess what coaches are going to do, particularly Kyle Shanahan, because he kind of just does his own thing. And, you know, he he also is a just proven liar, so we don't really know what he's going to say (laughs) and do. So, to me, again, it's Mitchell just by a hair, but I think both guys – if one guy's out there and, you know, he's still out on the waiver wire for you this morning, go grab him just Uh, to see what happens.
0: What do you think about this Galaxy brand idea of just putting Kyle Juszczyk in the uh, lineup? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I I mean, actually, I think late in the game when – after Christian McCaffrey went out, they did use Yuzjak oh, because brother. they trust him in in pass pro. I think. Yeah, and so and then of course you know Kyle Shanahan had to throw out that Tyrion Davis Price is also you know chomping at the bit yeah. to get out there, and I, he's a guy that I really liked in the past. So you know they picked him in the third round last season. So who knows? I, I really don't know what's going to happen here, but I think Mitchell by a hair, I guess.
0: Okay, uh, another injury it was that quarterback, but it's going to matter what happens for the Colts wide receivers here. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Josh John, the downs has kind of flashed a little bit, but yep. has it been more because of usage with Gardner Minshew? And, and what yep. does this mean for that trio of wide receivers that you look at there?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think Michael Pittman is still the lead guy in this receiving core, and I think you can still play him with confidence. But Josh Downs has really come on strong over the last couple of weeks. He's a rookie third rounder. He's a slot receiver pr- primarily. Um, And if you think about uh, Gardner Minshew and just like his skill set, he's not a push the ball down the field aggressively, big arms kind of player. He's like more of a dink and dunk, West Coast offense type of guy where he's, you know, hitting a guy in time on time and and in rhythm and kind of getting the ball out quickly. And I think he's going to. And for that reason, I think he's going to rely heavily on Josh Downs throughout the rest of the season. And Josh Downs is good, by the way, too. I, I really like this guy. You know, he's a very quick route runner. He knows how to get open. He knows how to find a soft spot against zone. He's got a little bit of run after catch ability. He was a guy I was really excited about um, prior to the draft. And so I think this is a situation where he can, and Josh Downs can really kind of shine. And so he's a guy that I'm aggressively trying to add on free agency or or on waivers if he's out there. So um, to me, he's a guy that you can plug into your flex option um, throughout the rest of the season, assuming he can can stay healthy because it's looking like now uh, based on the reports this morning. Yeah. It's the season's over for Anthony Richardson. They're just going to play it safe and, this is Minshew's team now for for the time being. Uh,
0: While we're talking about QB injuries, uh, news today, Kyler Murray uh, expected to come back, or he's been activated in the practice window. Yes. Um, This is rather surprising given his injury um, Mm -hmm. because it happened really late in the year as well.
1: I think so. I'm trying to remember the exact timeline. I want to say we're at, at past 10 months now. Yeah. And this is generally the timeline you see with a lot of guys coming off of ACL injuries nowadays. It's like, you know 10 months to a year is about when they come back mm-hmm. and give or take like how their their rehab goes kyler murray of course is a quarterback so i don't know if he necessarily needs quite as much time as you would expect from like a running back where you're you know a guy that's like planting and cutting a little bit more than quarterbacks would and so um this is honestly to to be totally honest with you i've been expecting this I, i've been kind of wondering when he's going to come back i thought he might come back actually a little bit earlier than this And so this is great news, of course, um, for everyone involved in this offense. You know, Josh Dobbs did a great job, all things considered. He came in and basically, you know, two weeks before the season was named the starting quarterback or whatever. And, you know, he's done really well relative to expectation, I think. But at the end of the day, he's not, like, a great quarterback. And so I think this is great news for Marquise Brown in particular, who's been awesome this year, who's been by far the best, um, you know, receiver on the team, And by the way, he was a college teammate of Kyler Murray. And we, when we've seen them on the field together, they have great chemistry and great connection. And so um, this is very exciting for what Marquise Brown can do for the rest of the season. Michael Wilson's been another guy who's getting a ton of snaps, um, you know, really been pretty impressive w- with what he's done. This is a rookie out of Stanford. And so those two guys in particular, I think are beneficiaries of this. And then the other guy to kind of keep in mind going forward, in addition to obviously going grabbing Kyler Murray, if you can, but um, Tight end Trey McBride. There, there could be sort of a passing of the torch here from Zach Ertz to Trey McBride. You know, we saw this in the last week. They played essentially the same amount of snaps, so they, they platooned or rotated. And that had primarily been Zach Ertz earlier in the season. And so I think, you know, with the Cardinals, what are they, one and five now? I think mm-hmm. their season, the writing is on the wall. This is not going to be a competitive season for them. To me, it makes most sense by far where they would, you know, play McBride, their young guy. He's a second rounder from 2022 play him, get him some experience. You know, he's looked pretty good honestly, and if you look at the PFF grades, he's like top 10 in PFF grades whereas Zach Ertz is like 70th or something like that. And so, um in terms of just on-field performance, Trey McBride I think is more exciting and obviously he's the future there not Zach Ertz. And so, you know, maybe the team starts to really play him over Ertz or maybe they even trade Ertz at this point because, you know, it's it's not looking like this is a season that they're going to be super competitive. So, um yeah, he's another guy to kind of keep in mind going forward if you really need tight end help, which I'm sh- guessing a lot of people do.
0: Uh we, we, we've touched on LA, we've touched on the 49ers, let's uh did the Cardinals. Let's actually round the bases cuz I want to touch on <laughs> Seattle's passing offense right now. Mm-hmm. Like we can sit here and say like hey DK Metcalf, fantastic. Tyler Lockett is like Mr. Reliable after Mike Evans. But right now, like, are are you looking at these guys and a little bit worried about their production right now? Because I think DK is sitting around wide receiver thirty six. Tyler Lockett's around the forties. They were drafted much higher, right? Um, And this is the the discrepancy between like real football and fantasy football. Because you watch them, like, hey, they're winning games and they're moving the ball and doing all this, but it hasn't peaked at all for these two guys, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I honestly don't know. I think. Um, and I'm looking at their schedule. It's not like they've played like these juggernaut mm-hmm. defenses either. So it's, it's not necessarily like that kind of an excuse you can make. Um, I still have a lot of faith in Geno Smith as a quarterback. I know there's some people out there right now who are kind of, Oh yeah. <laughs> there's some consternation around Geno Smith. I still think he's a really good quarterback. Uh, maybe not elite, but he's definitely very good in my mind. And so, um, I think both of these guys, their, their time will come for having these spike weeks. I do think, like you said, though, um, it's just it's been a little bit disappointing particularly for lockett i would say just because he's a guy that's been so consistent over the years he's been really up and down dk metcalf i think you know he needs to stop just shoving guys down after the whistle for some reason he keeps doing this did anyone tell him he's not allowed to do that that's my question so that'd be the first step is telling him he's not allowed to do that um because he's now done that several times this season and and drawn penalties for that but um i don't know to me to me i'm still starting Honestly, DK Metcalf, I'm starting him every week just Mm -hmm. because I think he has, like, the spike week potential. He's still going to be targeted in the end zone a lot, and I think, you know, his time could come. Don't start him maybe against the Browns in two weeks because the Browns' defense is absolutely ridiculously good. Um, But, you know, I'm still confidently starting DK Metcalf, and I think that Lockett is still a flex-worthy guy that you can kind of depend on. But he's also sort of a boomer. This is how he's been sort of his whole career. He's a little bit boomer-bust. He'll have down weeks, and then he'll have amazing weeks. And so you just kind of have to... You have to expect that with him. Uh,
0: actually, while we're talking about some some defenses to avoid, we've had this conversation when you start, you know, plotting and, and looking ahead to be like, oh, what matchups do you want to exploit? And you know, we've kind of said, hey, just get the good players. Good players do things against uh, right. all sorts of teams. But is there a threshold that you look at and say, hey, rather than target the the top five teams that give up fantasy production, maybe it's top twenty five, and there's only like five or seven to really avoid. Yeah. Are you are you looking at some defenses that if, if teams are having success right now and plotting what the playoff matchups look like, rather than target teams that are having success or players that are having success against teams, just defenses that are
1: having success against skill position players? Yeah, I think the the main defense right now that I'm absolutely trying to avoid is what I mentioned just now is the Browns. I think with you know if if you pick this guy if he's like a top twenty top twenty five type player in fantasy, like you're not sitting him against anybody. Um, but I think if you have a player that's sort of on the fringe or even in the middle uh, of the pack in terms of scoring, going up against the Browns has is, is been really, really devastatingly hard for basically any skilled players this year. If you look at you know, what the Browns have done against quarterbacks, literally the only quarterback that scored anything reasonable, so like the highest-scoring quarterback other than Lamar Jackson this year against the Browns is Kenny Pickett with 11 points. Oh, man. The other guys burrow three points. Tannehill, four points, and then Purdy this last week, seven points. Lamar did score 28. Lamar's different. You're starting Lamar regardless of who he's playing. Now, that was also
0: Lamar running too, wasn't it? Right. And so
1: I think he scored two rushing touchdowns in that game. It was like, you know, it was like this team, the the Browns, are not giving up points to quarterbacks. And, of course, that extends in the passing game to the receivers. Uh, George Pickens had a big game against the Browns in week two, and that was mainly just one big 76-yard, I think, uh, touchdown reception where he got he he managed to get away from the defense and then AJ Brown is the only other guy that scored more than seven half PPR points against the browns this year wow. so George Pickens because he got one big play and then AJ Brown because he's a absolute stud those are the only two receivers that score more than seven points against the Browns this year and then you could say the same thing almost exactly with running backs and tight ends Mark Andrews is the only tight end who scored double digit points I'm sitting basically anybody that's not an elite fantasy stud. Um, against the Browns just because this defense truly and literally if you look at the, some of the stats is the greatest start for any defense of all time through six weeks it's it's truly astounding like their pass rush is insane. and so you know that's to me the, the one defense I'm trying to avoid obviously the 49ers defense is really good too so you know it's not great going against them. But to me, the Browns are the really one team right now that's, like, scary from a fantasy point of view.
0: Uh, so just to, to give people a heads up, if, if they're looking end-of-season matchups, trying to get into the playoffs or just playoff matchups, they from Week 12 onwards, they play Denver, the Rams, Jacksonville, the Bears, and the Texans and the Jets to round out the season. Mm. So maybe those teams, uh, maybe cross them off your list of...
1: Uh, the Rams. That's a scary one if you've got Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Absolutely. So just keep that in mind going forward.
0: Uh, a couple of deep ball specialists uh, had big weeks there. Uh, and one, people have been wondering about for two seasons now. Jamison Williams and yeah. then Rashid Shahid kind of popped uh, as well this week. Now, he's a player we've talked about. It just seems like a fun player. Um, but yeah. it, it, which one of these two are you looking at and say, hey, this is something that can happen moving forward as well?
1: I would feel more confident in Shahid right now just because he's playing more than Jameson Williams. Um, Jamison Williams is a guy who... I, I feel he's more of a stash for me. I think obviously the team had... Really, really high grade on him. They traded up into the top half of the first round to grab him a couple of years ago. And this was him coming off an ACL. And then, of course, he got suspended. So, he's falling behind in terms of just in, you know getting himself into the offense. But if he continues to do what he was doing in this last game, and by the way, he only ran nine routes. So that's not great like to me that's like very scary starting him on your team because you basically have to have him be absolutely incredibly efficient with like the amount of playing time he's getting he's he's still playing behind marvin jones for crying out loud and so that to me is the worry but at the same time he's very good he's explosive and he can create big plays and so like the trio of those things together Maybe we see his playing time start ticking up over the next few weeks. Maybe it gets over 50%, 60%. If he becomes a starter in this team, it's wheels up for him. But for now, you're kind of hoping that he can make, make big on these like, you know, explosive plays down the field, touchdowns or whatever. Um, and, and to me, it's going to be very, very boom or bust. So just beware if you're starting Jamison Williams. He's not running a ton of routes. He's not playing very often, um, even though he is clearly good, good at making big plays. And so um, I think that's the deal with Jamison Williams. For, for Shaheed it's more just there's a lot of mouse feed in, in the Saints offense and he doesn't get as many targets as you might like. He's still running behind Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Chris Olave is an elite player. So, you know, maybe we see sort of Shahid start to go ahead of Michael Thomas in terms of like number of plays played and, and target rate and all that. And that would be, like, obviously very good for Shahid. But for now, he's another guy, like Jamison Williams, who's reliant mainly on the big plays. But, by the way, he makes a lot of big plays. And so I've got him. I have honestly have him in deep leagues. I've got him starting in a couple in a couple leagues because um, he's just – I think he's that good. But it is going to be another situation where, like, don't be too surprised if he has a, a down week here or there, you know, mixed in with some of those big weeks because he's a, he's an explosive downfield player. And if he doesn't get one of those big plays, he's probably going to be pretty quiet.
0: Uh, all right, DK. It's our favorite part of the week. Uh, you're gaining uh, quite the notorious reputation for this. Uh, <laughs> you, you've, you've crushed this every it's week. It's Working out. Let's it's, keep keep complaining. It's it's amazing how this is. Like we don't have to, even have to wait long. Like Kyle Pitts has had good two good weeks now. <laughs> yes. Um What
1: were the other ones? I'm actually trying so to forget. we got Kyle Pitts. That was a hit. Um, we talked about Marvin Mims. That Marvin one is Mims, yeah, not hit yet, which, unf- um, which is unfortunate. There was, then, there was another great one. Was
0: it DJ Moore? I can't remember now.
1: Oh crap! Uh, what? Yeah, was somebody we talked about in the last couple of weeks that yeah. has really come on strong for but, for his but, team? But yeah.
0: But this is three weeks in a row where we've opened the floor and let you rip into a coach, uh, and <laughs> immediately dividends for people that are like, yes, play, get Kyle Pitts the ball some more. Uh, who is it this week?
1: So I think this week it's going to be, and, and he has an opportunity to do this, I think, because uh, David Montgomery got hurt, but Jameer Gibbs for the Lions. Who speaking of the Lions? By the way, let's just make this both Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs, because um, I think you know people will talk about how the Lions are five and one and everything that they're doing is working. But I would also just go ahead and say, like, maybe you'd be better if you use these extremely talented, extremely explosive players that you drafted in the top fifteen of the draft. Uh, Maybe you'd be even better. Like, I'm gonna throw that out there. And so um, I think, in particular, Jameer Gibbs. I think he's. There are games these days where he's playing like 20, 25% of the snaps, which is just absolutely ludicrous to me. Um, when you got a guy who is that good of a pass catcher, that explosive, that, you know, he has truly like Devon A-Chain style acceleration. Um, and we've seen what, what obviously the Dolphins have been able to do with A-Chain when he was healthy. And so to me, you know, the, nothing is stopping the Lions from trying to get him in space in a similar way that the, you know, the Dolphins have done with A-Chain or Raheem Mostert even. So, um, you know, I think obviously the big thing is he's not gonna get a ton of volume because he's 199 pounds. He's not gonna be a David Montgomery by any means, but with Montgomery out, I feel like the, you know, there's certainly a chance for him to see his, number one, his snap rate go up dramatically and more likely, and and with that, like his touch rate, because he's just not touching the ball very often right now. And so I'd love to see that, you know, happen for them. I think getting more explosive plays out of this offense is just one way that can get even better. Because right now, it's, you know, they get a couple explosive plays here and there, but like it's just a good offense that runs the ball, gets the ball to, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown and they move the chains and they're just a good solid offense. But I think where they could really start to like get into the, you know, like where they're just a buzzsaw type team is if they can create more explosive plays. And, and I think this is, these are the two players on their team right now that they can do that with Jamal, uh, sorry, uh, Jameer Gibbs and Jamison Williams. So to me, it's like, man, get these two guys involved and we could even have, a more exciting offense, which is you know, it's already good offense, obviously, but they could be that much better. So th- those are the two guys I really want to see.
0: We all slowly glance over to uh, the Detroit uh, area, and it, it's Baltimore this week. So we'll see what they can do uh, in Baltimore and uh, see if your hot streak keeps going here. <laughs> Trying to remember
1: who who else is. Still
0: I'm playing. blanking on it right now. It was I mean, so we good. We talked it was, about it before it, the call. Shoot, it, it was honestly like the best one too. But <laughs> we, 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 oh, it was Michael Bayer oh right yeah last week yeah. talked about
1: michael Mayer. yes yeah michael Mayer. i was like come on man you drafted this guy in the second round he's awesome you need help your team is not doing well and lo and behold they started playing him over austin hooper of all people austin hooper was out snapping him to start the year like what are coaches doing anyways uh they finally listened to me they listened to your radio show big and they said oh yeah we should play this really talented guy and turns out he's very good so who knew, uh, well, who, knew- could- who knew that they could do this
0: they can listen to us here, on uh, they can also listen to you uh, on Spotify, uh, Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast with Danny Heifetz and Craig Horbeck. If you got any other questions, uh, at gmail.com. DK, uh, you're the best, man. Appreciate it, as always. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Great stuff, as always, from our good friend Danny Kelly, who joins us weekly here on the People Show for the Fantasy Football Update, brought to you by the Clayton Public House, pregame to postgame. Clayton Public House, your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens. And two giant projectors, the ClaytonPub.com. We're going to move out. Canuck Central on the way in. Dan Riccio sat TR Shaw on a Wednesday. You know what that means? Overrated, underrated Wednesday coming up. Imagine we'll have more conversation about Connor Garland, what we saw from the Canucks last night. A rough one from them. Uh, big shout out for Randy for Janda for joining us. Also, uh, the Giants game tonight. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Go check it out over at the Langley Event Center. Big one with Gavin McKenna in town. If you miss it, you can hear it here on these airwaves later today. All happening on Sportsnet 650.